Hello and welcome to the 14th episode of the Quacked Out Podcast. I'm your host, Charlie Folkstead, joined as always by Reed Timmy and Chris Paul. Um, <laughs> we lost again, but it doesn't matter. So, yeah, yeah it really, really just doesn't matter. I mean, uh, I'm going to say the same thing that Reed said right after the Oregon State game, and it's that if we beat UW, everything's fine. So, yep. Right. Yeah, if yeah. we just if we just win that game, it'll be fine. That's all we gotta do. It, was, I I, it doesn't matter what happened today. Doesn't matter what happened last week. Doesn't matter what has happened ever. We should just beat UW, and we're in the conference title game. And the other good news is they looked not great today. They looked about as inefficient as we did. So I would say really exciting. I we might not be in the conference title game if we win. Actually, though. <laughs> Because um, I think it's a whole cluster at the top now. But like, I haven't looked at the tiebreakers, but I was looking at them earlier today. But it, a lot of them have to do with like uh, records versus common opponents and stuff. That didn't even cross my mind that there were other teams in it. Um, but well, now yeah, I guess Oregon State's right there. So is Stanford. Yeah, now we all have two losses, and if we beat Washington, then they'd have two losses also. I don't know how it works, though, because I guess we've played the most games, maybe. I don't know. We we should probably just talk about that stuff on the midweek pod, because we're probably not about to figure it out live right now. Well, yeah, I mean, I know that the but, first thing, like, win ratio of wins to losses is, like, the first thing that... yeah. That matters. So on that principle, we would be ahead of Washington. Um, but as you also said, we are now tied with Stanford. And now, well, it depends what Oregon State does tonight. But I mean, <laughs> just beat you. Yeah, so I honestly, Oregon... honestly, I don't even care that much yeah. if we go to the conference title at this point. I just want to beat you, though. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean. I don't know. Do you all have any takeaways major from tonight? Um, Oregon State game wasn't a fluke. <laughs> that's yeah. that's my takeaway. We've Winning now the looked... turnover battle is important. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I would yep. just say that like we um like like we've looked worse in our last three games now. Like, we've looked bad for the majority of the season now. Yep. So, I mean, who cares what we're ranked? Who cares what yeah, we, our standings we, are? Who cares about good, anything? Not a good football team. <laughs> football team. Yeah, and this is something that hasn't happened. I mean, when's the last time we lost consecutive games? 2018? We yeah. lost to Wazoo. No, we Utah. lost, uh, yeah, yeah, 2018. We lost to Wazoo and Zona. So that's the only time it's happened under Mario. Um, and don't get me wrong, I I'm not going to be one of those maniacs on Twitter that says Mario shouldn't be around anymore. That we like jump the gun on praising Mario or anything. Like, shut up. It's I, I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna do what a lot of people started doing and just preemptively putting an asterisk on this season. So yeah, I think that's fine. I think it's fair too. I think it's a weird year. I mean, guys, we do have a lot of guys, like, 
I've said Mace Funa, Jordan Scott, who I think were a f- were hurt a lot by not having a full uh, strength and conditioning off season. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the whole the defense looked competent at least. Uh, yeah, in got a big stop at the end. That I mean, didn't end up mattering. Well, yeah. I well, mean, I yeah, mean, but like, no, it, was, it was a great, it was a great stop. It was, it was yeah. a great stop. And and uh, yeah, I mean, I thought it looked for a second there like we were gonna bring it down and score, and I was actually pretty excited. I thought that that could have been a really cool thing for this mm-hmm. young team to, after a really tough week and then a bad game, to have kind of gritted through and pulled this one out, and then they didn't. Obviously. Yeah, I- and it just was like, I don't know. It sucks it broke that way. It sucks it was Johnny Johnson who fumbled it on just kind of a weird spin, trying yeah. to get extra yardage and just gets popped at the wrong time. I mean, that's the thing is like you can't say some say anything about that last drive that's conducive to the entire game because like no, that it was, was an isolated incident. Game, yeah. Like it just happens. The real moral of the story is we should have done more instead of going three and out. Like, I don't have the number in front of me, but a lot of times. Well, that's the weird thing about this offense, too, is obviously there's been, like, a fitting narrative that the defense is bad or has been bad for most of the year. But the offense has done really bad capitalizing when the defense has given them a three and out and returning the favor and giving the defense some time on the sideline to regroup. Uh, the offense has like had a lot of those times where defense puts up a good performance and the offense will just go three and out and put it, give the ball right back to the other team. Yeah, that's four that three and outs a lot. for those of us counting. And one yeah. four and out, so. Yeah, it is what it is. I don't, I don't really, I mean... Blazers yeah. season starts soon, right? <laughs> I mean, Chuck. Well, let's let's just go back through it real quick, just yeah. so our podcast isn't fifteen minutes here. Um, <laughs> so, uh, I'm just gonna go through the box score, basically drive by drive, and we'll chime in with anything you remember. That's exactly what so. I was punt, punt. Uh, nothing really that major there. Then we had that. Good drive. We settled for a field goal on the three. Shuck kind of missed uh, DJ Johnson. I think it was on a third or second down, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He, he. There was like a corner stuck between DJ running to the flat and then Micah and Johnny were kind of in the back of the end zone. And Shuck basically like telegraphed his throw. DB made a good play and, and knocked it away. If he just like pumped to Johnny and then just flicked it out to DJ Johnson, it would have been like a walk-in score. Kind yeah. of another situation where Shuck just is not is where he's just a first-year starter. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. At the time, the field goal didn't feel like a total loss. Like the, but it really felt like a loss after the next three drives. Um, yeah. Total because. We go 10 plays, 75 yards, and have to settle for three. And then immediately, Cal goes 13 plays, 75 yards, touchdown. We go three and out. And then they go 19 plays, 80 yards for the touchdown to go 14-0. And it's the same thing 
on those drives for Cal where Oregon was pretty close to turning the page. Like on the first drive, we got them in a third and two, a third and six, and then a fourth and goal. Mm-hmm. So we, you know, made it tough on them. And then the next drive, we had the fucking substitution infraction oh to God. give them a first down. Oh that was God. just horrible. That, we, that, like, okay, that and all the rest of the penalties felt like 2016 all over yeah. again. It was like anytime we get one thing that might start to shift the momentum, we just demoralizingly, like, crap in our own hands and, like, we're back where we started. Yeah. And so then they, on that second drive, they went on to convert a third and one, a third and seven, a third and eight, a third and ten, and then get a fucking dumb PI call on a fourth and goal. Yeah, that or was a marginal. Awful. Yeah. That I mean, was bad. No, that was not a PI. <laughs> that, I'm sorry. Yeah, no, I didn't think it was either. And again, that took nine minutes, nine, almost 10 minutes. 9.51 is the efficient time possession on that drive. Just so, demoralizing. Yeah. So honestly, through this point, the offense has had two bad drives, one good drive where we just didn't convert Stalled the touchdown. Yeah. And the defense has played fine. Just things haven't really broken their way. They haven't been able to get off the field still. But yeah. it wasn't like they were getting totally ran through. You know? Yeah. It was just like they couldn't get off the field. Yeah. And then, I mean, we responded well, though, which was nice to see. Mm-hmm. Um, we basically did the same thing to them. We go touchdown. They go not three and out, but six and out. And then we scored again right before the end of the half. When, I mean, when we first... When we scored that first touchdown, I was kind of thinking to myself, like, damn, wish we could have taken some more time off the clock because <laughs> I don't trust this defense to do anything. And now, I mean, we made the stop, got the ball back, got the lead going into the half. Like, are you kidding me? Yes, we'll take this and, like, run out of here with a win in the second half. Thank you very much. Yeah, it's Travis, if I'm even, I'm leaving, die. <laughs> That's what he said in the post game after the Wazoo one. And it was basically the same play call where he just creeps out of the backfield, linebackers on him. Used too much. And he played. Die, die had a pretty solid game. He looked like a the lot. number one back tonight. Yeah. Over CJ. I don't know what was up with CJ. He didn't look like. He looked kind of out of sorts or something. Uh, he seemed to be dealing with some C- like, minor C- Injury. CJ's like always dealing with a minor injury. Yeah, I feel true. like that's been his whole Oregon career. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I mean, I love CJ, but he's always kind of people hype him up to be all conference, and it just seems like consistently he can't be out there at yeah. that level, even though he's obviously had some really good games throughout his career. So, yeah. I mean, he had six rushes for eight yards tonight. Yeah. That's all but, I need to say. But Travis has been uh, super impressive. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I mean, that's a bright spot. I think we talked a little bit about who are the leaders on the defense last week and said, oh, maybe it's Verone. Maybe Noah Sewell stepping into that. I mean, in terms of team leaders, I think that, that those guys – I think Travis Dye is pretty clearly a big leader on this team right now. And mm-hmm. I think that Jay Red and Johnny Johnson are too. 
Yeah. I mean, Johnny Johnson and uh, J-Red both had big plays, I think. On that first touchdown drive, maybe. I know it ended with... Um, that was the one that ended with the deep ball to Johnny Johnson, right? I think so. Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, because the other one was just a, a goal line Cyrus carry uh, at the end of the half. So, yeah. I, I mean, I thought those guys... Uh, I was happy with how the team responded, I guess. I mean, it was a little kind of fluky into the half, I felt like. And it's a little always infuriating when you feel like your team, like needs to go needs to get a touchdown in 30 seconds or 40 seconds or whatever it was Mm -hmm. and so they just start calling a different game and it immediately works yeah and you're like why don't we just do this more often (laughs) obviously it doesn't work that way but that's always how it feels yeah and i mean a lot of times like as that's probably an oversimplification obviously but like a lot of times i mean i want coaches as a fan just to be like just to like, I understand they need to get reps in, especially in the short season. They want to like try different things out and like use their playbook. But it's like, just go with what's working. Like we don't we don't have to reinvent the wheel here. We just have to get a first down, which we could not do to save our lives. You know what it kind of reminded me of? What? Uh, well, this is just depressing. <laughs> but can't wait. And it wasn't the same stakes. But this reminded me of probably the worst game I've ever experience as a ducks fan the stanford 2012 loss <laughs> uh, where uh-huh. our deep i mean not in terms of magnitude but just in terms of like our offense that whole like we couldn't get the i just remembered our offense struggling that whole second half and just being like what are we doing like we just this is a good offense we just have to like get one drive together i know chip has to have some play yeah. in the playbook that gets us one big play that's all we need and like we can put them away and then uh our defense was kind of holding fine but you had a feeling that one of these times they were going to break and that's what happened in that 2012 game that's what happened tonight too albeit I mean, with a way worse oregon team but and, like, I feel like the defense didn't necessarily even break tonight. I mean, again, they only gave up 21 points. They only gave up seven points in the first no, half, true. shut them out in the first fourth quarter. Like, we just could not put anything together on offense. I mean, we it, the scoreboard says it all, I think. Like, just blanked them. They blanked us in the third and fourth quarters. Like, yeah. Yeah, I mean, sh- shout, out to, shout out to Wilcox. He's a good defensive mind, and... They, uh, that Cal defense gave us fits last year too, Yeah. but, um, yeah, I mean, we should have been able to get something going and it was really, I mean, it was a weird second half offensively. I mean, the first three possessions are just garbage. Can't Mm -hmm. get anything going. Um, the fourth one, uh, we really are, uh, rolling. And then it's like we get to a third and one, and we get stuffed twice in a row. Yeah. It was a little weird. We that brought in depressing. CJ there on the fourth down. Yep. And I'd, it was just unclear, like, what exactly are we doing? What? And it was unclear all game. Like, what is CJ's availability? Are we just rolling with the hot hand? Like, does he have yeah. some injury concern? 
if he has an injury concern, why are we even playing him at all? Like, why are we bringing yeah. him in on fourth and one just when we out have, of nowhere? Uh, when we supposedly have three starting running backs. <laughs> yeah. starting caliber running backs. Right. Um, I mean, I just, real quick, I just want to relive the second half in terms of the offense. So, yeah. Uh, Cal got the ball first, three and out. Punted to us, three and out. Um. Cal punted again. We punted again. That's when Cal scores their touchdown. This is a really boring game. Like, yeah. Yeah. And then, so Cal scores their touchdown. We go three and out. Cal punts again. Turnover on downs. Cal punts again. Fumble. (laughs) Cal punts again. We punt again. Three and out. Both of them. Then, obviously, we stop them on fourth down. And then we have the fumble to end the game. That's it. That's all the time we had. Sorry, folks. Like, yeah. I mean, does was uh, the, Oregon the better? Oregon was clearly like the better team overall, but like, yeah, like you said, I got to hand it to Wilcox. He had a great game plan, he executed it well. I mean, the thing I think the same can be said about last week's game too with Smith. Like, right. I mean, it's it's pretty similar in a lot of ways. Play this one obviously has played a lot lower uh, scoring, but it's the same type of deal where it's just like. Yeah, if we like line these teams up next week, even though we lost, I'll probably pick Oregon. But like we're I mean, we're playing these games like giving ourselves a 60% chance to win. Yeah. You know, which we need to be playing them at a higher level if we want to have I don't know, but I mean that's just not even this year. Yeah. It's like that like this team is just not i don't know i mean it's so weird i think it's especially weird for the pac-12 where this season feels like it just started in some ways and now we have two games left before the bowl season yeah our final yeah so it's like it's just so weird it feels like we just got off the ground and it's weird we're kind of rotating in new bodies and guys like who we thought would be huge factors like Penne and Javon left and Thomas Graham for understandable reasons, but it's just led to this kind of weird mixture of this team. And I think there's some hope. I mean, I feel some hope at least albeit against a pretty poor Cal offense and pretty unimaginative Cal offense. The defense looked competent tonight and showed some fight and hunger in big moments. But also like we were just shooting ourselves in the foot most yeah. of the time like oh yeah uh, we've we've talked a lot about shuck and how like he's missed reads and stuff like that that definitely happened tonight but the alarming thing is that he's not doesn't seem to be progressing he seems to be getting worse as the season goes on yeah um and i mean there's a lot of factors that contribute to that but is are you someone who thinks anthony brown should get a shot or are you still i mean you don't even have to be confident Here, in shuck here's here's what i think I, I mean, I don't think there's any point in giving Anthony Brown a shot because I just, I mean, Anthony Brown's probably out of this program after this year, I think. Yeah. And I just like for what? So we maybe have a tiny bit better chance to yeah. beat UW, but maybe. I don't even, I, I literally, I probably don't even think that, but. Best case scenario, we have a marginally better chance to beat UW 
But then yeah. we basically shoot our relationship with Chuck in the foot. What it's what it says to me is that where is next this spring and fall there should be a real quarterback competition. Yeah, it shouldn't cause... be treated. It should be treated like it shouldn't be treated like Herbert coming back as a senior or even a junior. No, not at all. I I completely agree with you. And I mean, well, some people have talked about Mackenzie Milton transferring too and I, I don't really even care about that to be honest like I think we have the resources to put a good quarterback on the field within like from the guys within our roster already so maybe we should just do that personally again I'm kind of with you I don't really think getting brown touches right now is like helpful in any way but yeah. I mean if we're in a similar scenario were- against UW are you gonna do it Here's the thing about Chuck, though, is that they had the quarterback competition, and he won it. Well, And it's not like he clearly doesn't have the skills or, yeah. you know, like the arm or whatever. Or He's athletic. He can throw the ball. It's just in-game. So when you go through a quarterback competition, what's going to jump out in that camp that didn't jump out last camp? That's well, true, I but think they that's... didn't have a camp. Yeah. No, but I think you make a good point, Paul, is – is it's it is a in-game thing. It's the same as people talking about like our kicker competition. Really, the only way to know if Brown is better necessarily is to put him in the game. But I think that risks too much for not that much reward. Right. Um, but but I I just think that players do perform differently in practice versus in a game. Like I was saying with the kicker competition, people are like. How did Camden Lewis ever start? I yeah. I will guarantee you that Mario Cristobal did not watch Henry Cattleman hit kicks like he did every uh you know in game so far in practice every day and watch Camden consistently shank forty yards. Yeah, I mean I'm not like, saying the coaches didn't put the best player on the field. Right. And again, I'm not like I'm with you in this argument. Like I I, I think we I think the coaches know who the best guys to put out for sure. Um but it's but just you, frustrating from our perspective really. Like Yeah, and, and I, for me it's just I think that the whole Anthony Brown thing is just kind of like a pipe dream for a whole different like I just I'm more I am more interested in going like if Jay Butterfield really looks like an it kind of guy in the program, which mm-hmm. apparently there's good reviews out of him. Nothing crazy, obviously, but like that would be a guy I could see playing. But again, I, I'm not going to start him in the first time against a, in a rivalry yeah. game against We've a bloodthirsty UW team. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like, <laughs> no. And I mean, like. Shucks, I mean, like Shuck that, would... what you just described with a potential like pipe dream for Butterfield is like that's what pretty much got Chuck the starting job was his work when Herbert was still in the program as backup when he was taking reps in practice. Like that's pretty much what people fell back on in terms of arguments for Shuck was he's been in the program longer and he looked really good in a few practices at the end of the year, and that's okay. Like that's you know we just didn't have a camp to <laughs> get these guys up to speed and we didn't have the time for probably a fully flushed out quarterback camp mind you we don't even have the time for like half of a season at this point right like if this was game five in like a full schedule then maybe we can talk about replacing shut but i mean yeah i i don't think it's 
worth the weight in its argument right now. Right, but I, I do think it's important to say, like, Ty Thompson is coming in, and I don't want to discount Butterfield completely because he has a lot of potential too. I think people overlook him. But, like, Ty Thompson's coming in. People have him rated as a five-star on various sites. If he looks like a special freshman, true freshman talent immediately, if he looks like a Trevor Lawrence or a DJU or just a notch below those guys, um, you know, like true freshmen can compete and win in college football at the quarterback spot if they're really transcendent talents. Oh, yeah. And Ty Thompson could be that. And I think it's worth looking at because – I mean, it's it just like you like I forget which one of you said this, but I mean, it's troubling that Chuck hasn't really progressed game over game, and he still does some things that are just weird. Like I forget which drive it was on, but he just threw this like like shaky oh, ball yeah. to no one in particular, and it like landed right in a diving cow player's hands for almost like a huge interception. It's it just like, like, what in, are we doing? It was like we were backed up almost against our own end zone. Yeah, it just would have like ruined the whole game after the defense was putting up a good performance. And it's just like, we can't do this. You can't have your defense go out there and get you a three and out or a stop and then just hand them the ball back, like backed up against their goal line in the fourth quarter. I was watching... So I was watching this game on the big screen, and then I had Colorado and Arizona on the screen next to me. And it got to a point in the second half where I was like, I would switch Colorado's offense and Oregon's offense right now. Honestly, maybe even Arizona's yeah. the way they were playing. Like, we just looked so lethargic. And it wasn't even like, I can't even really pin it. Like, it, it didn't seem to be on, like, one person. Yes, Chuck made a lot of mistakes, but it wasn't like... He was the the line looks worse. Let's talk about. Let's mention okay, that that's, too. The, that is one. Yeah, I will say that's one phase that didn't look good at all. But like the receivers were still making good plays. The running backs were still making, or at least Dye was still making good plays. Like Shuck was too at some points. And I couldn't really pin it on the play calling because, like, I mean, I didn't. I mean, maybe we'll see something later in a rewatch. But to me, it didn't look like egregious decisions. Just worse yeah, and needs. just I mean. Fucking people on Twitter who talk yeah, about yeah, I gotta like, get off Twitter. Oh, we ran. Oh, we ran the ball three times. Was that Arroyo? It's like, it's an RPO. Yeah. Like Shuck. Like we, you have to rewatch those things on the tape and see what Shuck is seeing, because Shuck more than likely probably misread a defensive end and gave him the ball, to, gave the ball to the running back, and maybe or that happened. says. Something. Go ahead. Well, maybe that says something just about Shuck's like tendency to defer in those uh, read option situations or RPO situations where he doesn't want the ball in his hands, where he too often uh, gives it to the other guy. And sometimes he probably did make the right read, but yeah, I mean, I don't think Moorhead's playbook calls for not blocking somebody, or at least not blocking two people. <laughs> right. That can both make a play on the ball, no matter where the read goes. Like, that's not on Tyler. That's not on, like, anybody in the backfield. That's on the offensive line. <clears throat> like, that's not on Moorhead, like, Moorhead either, calling plays. But it's, yeah. again, it's hard to dissect this stuff 
and especially live in game so i mean the real unfortunate thing though was like despite all that and it was such a weird game i was really excited and optimistic about that last drive like it really looked like something special was coming together and this group was shock was confident and he hit micah then he hit jay red then cyrus got involved and it was like okay we're rolling down the field he got a sneak on third and one it's like we're within the 40 and it was just such a weird play and for it to be johnny johnson of all people yeah who's such a hard worker and is and has done so much to elevate his game and fix problems and one of the leaders, as you has, said. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, it just is like, I feel so bad for him because he's just trying to fight for yards and he twists around and, you know, yes, you have to have five points of contact on that ball and you can't can't let it go in that situation. But also, I mean, shit happens. Like, yeah. And no, I mean, I feel bad because I know with Johnny Johnson, that there's no one in the world who feels worse about that play than he does. Yeah. And I mean, don't get me wrong. We're not like blaming Johnny Johnson for this loss. Right. Again, that, that was a very, yeah. like he was far from the first person you should be blaming for this loss. But at the same time, like I, I don't really care who's at fault. Honestly, right. like, yes, I want to improve. I know the coaches will be able to do that as a, like, pseudo media member i don't really care about like blaming somebody or finding a reason for this loss because at this point we got one more regular season game i guess two kind of if you count like the pac-12 stuff yeah and and honestly i mean it did show that the oregon state game was not a fluke but also i do feel almost a little bit better about the team than I did after the Oregon State game just because I feel like the defense has a little more fight in them now. That's true. Yeah, we I, saw different parts of these teams like play well in the last two games. And again, we have to keep reminding ourselves, these were two like very winnable games. We could still be talking about <clears throat> I know this hurts to say, but we could still be talking about a team that's like teetering on a 5 and 0 record. Right. Um, we're we're yeah, like think, a couple plays away from that. I think that's a good point too is people say like, "Oh, well this is not a uh what like this isn't a conference championship team. We were never going to be able to win these games with Shuck at quarterback." It's like shut up. Uh Just like up. <laughs> we were able to win both of the last two games. Like we were very close. Yeah. And the key plays just didn't break our way. Now is Shuck's inexperience like a hindrance at times to the peak potential of the team. Of yeah, ab- absolutely. You can say that about every single player on the roster. Right, but it's like we're—I mean—we're playing a first-year quarterback next week. Like, we can still win that game against Washington. I still feel like we have the necessary tools to win that game. And I also—I mean, Washington didn't look great. Today oh yeah, either. you think we feel like shit? Like <laughs> this yeah. is—they could have locked it up this weekend with with a win. Yeah. Now they got to deal with us. Like that's kind of that's their worst nightmare is losing it in this fashion. Yeah. The division I mean, title that is. Yeah, we just have to be hungry and field and but I mean, yeah, it's you know, it's about the Washington game, I think, but it's also I think everyone in the Pac-12, I mean, that's kind of the joke on the small overlaps between Duck and Husky Twitter is like 
okay, like we all kind of can realize this season doesn't really count. Yeah. yeah. And it does, I mean, it does count. Like it still would mean a lot to win a conference title. That'd be awesome to send out the seniors. Like it's, it was, I still am glad that we played it and got to get all these guys snaps and develop people as much as we could and, and everything. But it is just a weird season. And I think what people mean by it doesn't count is that the most con- like the strongest conclusions about the nature of these programs shouldn't be drawn from this really abnormal season. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, it's just been it's been crazy. And I mean, we talked I probably said myself at the beginning of this year, like, oh, there's no excuses. Like, there's no, you know, we don't care about any of that crap. Let's just go win. And like, yeah, that's that's why some people are so disappointed. But at the same time, I mean, come on, we like just be realistic about this. Our program is not in shambles. We're not firing Mario. We're not firing Joe Moorhead. We're not firing Andy Avalos. We're not benching Shuck. Like, calm down, everybody. Yeah, exactly. And I still, yeah, I mean, I still feel like, I, I, I mean, it's just so tough for me to say because I was excited when we were on that last drive, and it's like that, like we said, that John Johnson play was weird, and if we had put that in the end zone like for a second it it looked like we had a really good shot at then it would be a totally different um a totally different feel i think in this post game and so because of that i try not to have my emotions shift too rapidly on one play while still acknowledging the fact that you know single plays can shift seasons and they can shift games obviously and they can even change programs and stuff so those plays are important, but I, I also think that this team and this program still on an upward trajectory, and I'm still excited. I'm excited for the game next week. I think uh, I I think we have a real shot at beating Washington, and if we do, I think uh, – I don't know the tiebreakers exactly like we said. I think that more than likely we probably still end up in a Pac-12 championship game if we win that one. Um, it's it depends on a few things including even what washington state does tonight interestingly enough um and also what uh oregon state does yeah so i'm sure yeah we'll probably have a clear picture of all that on the midweek but regardless i feel fine about you know those things and the little bit of um potential that's still left in the season and then i also feel just excited about looking towards spring what is this team going to look like finishing up this recruit recruiting class, which is still, even despite the fact we lost to Darius Perkins, a Juco corner commit today. Um, it still looks like a really good class. It still is going to be the best class that Oregon's ever signed. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it, real quick, Perkins was not a guy that like, like, I mean, I guess you kind of expect all your commits to stick around, but like if anyone was going to leave, he was, probably one of the more likely ones i mean he's like a he's yeah, from his, what, mississippi he like yeah. he's in the south like he i don't think he got an official official visit in recently um, it was it was with him it was always that like even at the day that he committed people were like oh is he gonna stick around yeah and mind it, you, it's we're just not, like we're not that. out of it either like yeah we're not out of it for him um I think but we'll see how it shakes in starkville Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, that's what that's what I saw today, Mississippi State. Yeah, but yeah, we'll see. 
we'll see how it all shanks out, shakes out. But there are other options too to finish the recruiting class. We touched on some of those on the last pod, but it will be a good class. Mario is a great recruiter. This whole staff is really good, um, and we'll work it out. And uh, I think that with that group, we'll have a lot of potential. I mean. You know, circling back to this game, like I think that once you have some of those other got some of the guys that we're bringing in, particularly offensively in this class, mm-hmm. on the roster, it will results like this will look a lot different because I I just think those big plays like I think someone like Ty Thompson just is special. He you know, just behaves a little different probably with a little more poise than Chuck does in some of those moments. I think that, um, you know, our O-line class we're getting right now obviously is is the highest ceiling of an O-line class we've ever recruited. Mm-hmm. You know, when they're really, when they hit their prime in a few years, they're going to be getting pushes in the Pac-12 on fourth and one. And we're going to have more explosive playmakers at at every level, so... All those things make me still feel like, you know, it's there's there's no reason to question the fundamentals of this program off of two losses, two close losses in a, you know, Power Five conference to good coaches, uh, not the best teams, but you know, they're they're very close losses that could have gone either way, and that as a young team we just couldn't finish out. I agree with you wholeheartedly, but I would also like to ask a very scary question, and that is, what would it take for you to not hit the panic button, but be a little more skeptical of the program as a whole for the rest of this season? Maybe getting, say we get blown out by UW, like lose our, and you know, lose out. Is there, is it time to start like really questioning things? I mean, obviously it would be like a lot of things would be determined by how it plays out on the field but like i again i don't think it's time to like i think that would be overreacting right now but at what point is it not overreacting yeah it's so tough because i think part of me just felt like going into this year um i wanted to just keep a level head enough with whatever the results on the field were just given how weird it was and especially given the new kind of talent and caliber of player we're bringing into the program but that being said i mean a big loss to uw would be a pretty big deal i think um that would be really just disappointing from a mindset and a culture standpoint but i also do feel like the people we're bringing in have such a different motivation level um guys like i mean you see it kind of just pop with guys like noah sewell out there mm-hmm. um and i think there's a lot of guys with that same hunger that we're bringing in i think that it's it's kind of interesting people say uh you know mario has a lot of his guys in the program now and i think that's true but i think that also when you're at a program like oregon which is one of the rare examples of of a program that has really elevated its recruiting level over the past 10 years. Um, it's probably the biggest example of that, honestly, nationally. Um, each year, Mario's bringing in, has the luxury to bring in guys that are even more 
um, highly sought after and even more of his, you know, preference and his mold. And, mm-hmm. and so um, I think that's a reason why I would, you know, it would just take a lot for me to feel that uh, bad. And I, I also don't really think, I don't know. I mean, we could, we could lose to Washington um, pretty big, I guess. I don't know if we, um, but I mean, I think we'll win. I think we'll win one of the next two games. Like if we lose to Washington, then we play who, I don't know, Arizona state maybe, or I don't know, Colorado, maybe. I don't know who we would play even. No, I think it would be, uh, it would be a worse team probably actually if we had three losses. Yeah, exactly. I'm looking at the standings right now, probably Utah, maybe Arizona state. It, we also don't know. Yeah, even how the North shakes out at this it's point. It's so tough so. to speculate. We could literally finish at the bottom or top of the North. So. But yeah, I mean, it's like given how close these games were, and some of the encouraging things that showed up. I, I, it's just tough for me to panic too much off of anything we see in this weird season, especially because I, I also think, like our strength and conditioning program is a real strength. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Pardon oh, the wordplay, um, but uh, that obviously is something that we haven't been able to take advantage of this off season in the same way as usual, and I think that that shows. Um, so yeah, big picture, I, I, yeah. Like I'm, it also depends what you mean, because like all of these, all of these losses or bad performances have me adjust my perspective perspective of Mario and of the program a little bit. It's not like they have no impact, but there's nothing that could happen this season that would make me think, oh, Mario isn't the guy. I mean, or, yeah, my answer was going to be the only thing that could sway me would be decommitments, like big decommitments. That's true. That's true. But yeah, I I feel like everything else is solid. Again, it's it's an asterisk year whatever yeah <laughs> told myself yeah, that, i wouldn't that was, say that but here i am <laughs> i mean that's the thing about this year is if you're gonna put an asterisk on it you can't really like like make sweeping declarations about the results that are gonna happen for the rest of the year i mean yeah like to this point we're a few plays away from being an undefeated team and we could finish you know with a losing record but uh like with that asterisk like i mean Give give them a full off season, yeah, and 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 then then we'll talk about it. Yeah, I agree. So I mean, do you guys have anything else to say about the Ducks, or should we look at some conference? I mean, we kind of already looked conference wide. Let's just laugh at Washington. So ha ha ha. Yeah, but we lost to Cal. <laughs> 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 we lost to Cal. <laughs> yeah, I don't have anything else to say. I mean, like we said, it's it's all about next week. It was like. It was about next week before this game. And even though we lost, uh, I it felt better in a loss than I thought it would. So, You know who's we'll sitting back and cackling right now? Who? John Wilner for the second straight week. Oh, Jesus. At me specifically. He predicted both of these losses, so I think. I think yeah, did, but. Yeah. No, I, I have nothing more to say about John Wilner. Um Okay. What else was uh, cool? Uh, what, what else? Uh, one thing today? about the game when okay. when um, Cal scored, and then Oregon answered. But 
right after Cal scored the touchdown, I was looking at live betting and put the line at uh, Oregon plus three and a half. So favored uh, Cal by three and a half points when it was 14-3. It landed wow. right on that. So that's scary. <laughs> huh. Spooky. Okay. Um, we say covered. <laughs> uh, Don't listen to our last episode, by the way. Our pre- our previews and predictions were uh, wildly for, inaccurate for this game. <laughs> yeah, for this game. For the next game, though, you should listen to that one because we'll be right about that one. Yeah, the energy level was low going into the Cal game. It yeah. was so much unknowns about this team, and I mean, uh, you know that that was how it went, and it was just kind of a wait and see game. Yeah, and it was also like we just had the attitude of like beat UW and the season's a success, and we still have that exact same attitude. Yeah, I I yeah, still, I still feel that way. I still yeah. feel that way. If we, we if we beat UW, I'm cool with it, yeah. and we fin and we can hold oh, yeah. on to most of our class, all at least the most important pieces. Um, big injuries. Yeah, sick. I feel like, good. Um, ooh, sounds like uh, Flo might get back. Uh, for a bowl game potentially. Yeah, I didn't I didn't I don't really know anything about meniscuses, menisci, but I mean just hearing the meniscus. There you go. Hearing about a torn one of those things uh, <laughs> usually implies that someone is out for the foreseeable future, but I guess that future has now been foreseen. So, oh. I mean, that was came out in the fourth quarter, he was back in. He, yeah, was back he in. came back. Okay. Yeah, I was yeah. keeping tabs on that too. Yeah, I was really yeah but yeah, like call- it looked like a collarbone or something. Yeah, because he yeah. was really grabbing oh, totally. his like, shoulder or whatever. Yeah, it- yeah, he was he was back in on one of the kneels at the end. I caught that. All right, he's a tough guy. Tough guy. Yeah, tough cookie, as they say. Um, um so national else- stuff. Real yeah, quick. what else happened in college football today? I don't know if y'all woke uh, up in Bama's time. Bama's kicking see- the shit out of LSU and oh, M one again. I was going to uh, mention A&M. I woke up early for A&M, and I wasn't disappointed. It was an entertaining game. The uh, the Indiana game, I feel bad. I didn't really do my due diligence on Indiana. Oh, I did not watch that. Uh, <laughs> but I felt more – I felt a lot in the later in the week after we finished the um, – after we recorded, and in part because of our uh, favorite um, – show late kick with josh pate uh that he was basically saying mark the betting markets and public opinion in general has a tendency to overcompensate for a quarterback injury mm-hmm. um and i've always felt this way too is that a starting quarterback going down can mean wildly different things depending on the um backup obviously like you can yeah. look at Obviously, like Oregon's Oregon versus TCU Alamo Bowl. If Vernon Adams goes down and you replace him with Jeff Lockey, yeah, you can basically change the line by 30 points, and that's accurate. Or 40. But, or yeah. <laughs> but, and you lose your backer, and you lose your center, by the way. That was a big right. one. Right. <laughs> but there are other situations where uh, people have really competent backup quarterbacks. And the line shouldn't really move more than uh, three or four points, you know? Um, like DJU stepping in at, at Clemson, even despite yeah. how good uh, Lawrence was, you know, that's a small th- drop off. And I think that this Indiana situation was an example of that. I mean, the Oregon situation might be an example of that. 
uh, despite us not totally knowing about Anthony Brown. But regardless, Indiana showed that it was a really good team. Um, and also, I think Michael Penix had gotten all their old starting quarterback, for those who don't know, had gone kind of a lot of notoriety and had became this kind of like big name. But I mean, really, for anyone who watched Indiana, you knew he wasn't that uh, yeah. transcendent of a talent. You know, he wasn't like a real Heisman candidate. He wasn't the most, the best, uh, most electric playmaker or didn't have the best arm even. He just kind of got it done and, and was a good, solid player. Um, and they replaced him with another good player, and they got a win over a I mean, pretty solid they scored Indian, 14 uh, Wisconsin points, team. Yeah, they got a win. Yeah. <laughs> it was their defense that was the right. today, but yeah. Um, Coastal and BYU, I don't know. I, I didn't have this game up at the end, but I saw what happened. Um, I was watching the Colorado game by then, and it's, people were calling it the game of the year, so I might have to give that a rewatch. It, it was, a, it was a, a great game. BYU recap. actually had the ball uh, with almost no time. Well, yeah, I saw they got tackled at the two-yard yeah, line. Yeah, tackled at the at the two- or the three-yard line. Um, yeah, I just flicked it on really for that last drive. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah it was so. good. Cool for, cool for Coastal Carolina. For Coastal in a... In a New Year's Six game, I get. What well, was I mean, it? I guess you said, uh, "What was the quote from uh, Charlie? Does Coastal Carolina even exist?" I <laughs> Is that what I said? said? I think you said that on a pod. It does exist. <laughs> I think we can officially say it does yeah, exist. Yeah, hey, baby. Uh, go mullets or chandeliers or yeah, mullets over Mormons, right? Yeah, yeah. Great, um, great stuff. Good for them. You know. Oklahoma you know, State they have like a turquoise field. Yeah, Oklahoma State ended their Big Twelve hopes with a loss yeah. to TCU. Yeah, lost TCU. I think uh, Iowa State's officially in. Iowa State yep. blew out West Virginia. I mean, cool for them. They've kind of have been a team that's knocked on the door of Big Twelve contention for a couple of times over the past. Uh, I mean, since I've been watching college football over the past decade plus. Yeah. Um, but haven't ever really hit like. Oh, I think this is the best team in the Big Twelve. Uh, yeah, and they went from now spoiler they, team to contender. Yeah, now they get a chance to prove that. I think it will be against Oklahoma. Is that right? I honestly like. We we don't know yet, but um, as of right now, and I'm looking Oklahoma's at the standings as we speak. Yeah, yeah Oklahoma's winning. So with three minutes left, so yeah, so they're at uh, five and two, and so they would I be, and they have the tiebreaker over Texas. So yeah. yeah, they are in. Yeah, West um, Virginia actually not a terrible team if you look at their record. Yeah, they had some good four wins. And four. Yeah, I they're think. not. Yeah, yeah and Iowa State went and just you know kicked the shit out of them. Yeah, forty two. Yeah, six. they're on, and they're only six were in the fourth quarter. So yeah, right on. Go Cyclones, I guess. Yeah, we got some more solidity in other places too. Uh, Florida beat Tennessee, and they're officially champions of the east um so they'll play bama in the in atlanta mm-hmm. um i think it's still in atlanta right i don't know whatever um, i lose. think it is iowa beat illinois but i don't think that affects the big 10 race at all um huge uh playoff contender goes down marshall Oh yes, the thundering herd pour, to the big L. one out for the herd. Five picks. Rising <laughs> with the, their Brutal. biggest upset in like twenty years. Didn't they beat like a big school a few years ago? Maybe I'm thinking of Troy. Uh, Troy beat LSU. No. I think Rice did. Rice beat A and M. 
I don't know. Maybe it that was could that. be t- that could be uh, totally wrong. Troy, no, Troy did beat LSU. Yeah, I remember uh, a few years ago. Um, I don't. I could. This is reckless. Oh, and I was wrong. That Iowa game did have some implications. They're now five and two, and Northwestern's five and one in the Big Ten West. So uh, I guess they still have a shot to meet Ohio State. And I mind don't you, think uh, Northwestern played this week. Yeah, canceled against canceled, Minnesota. Yeah. Right. So can't wait for my uh, worst prediction of 2020 to come true next weekend as What's the that? mighty Michigan Wolverines take on the Ohio State Buckeyes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I I yeah. actually think that game, there's a good chance it won't be played. Uh, Michigan's dealing with some COVID stuff. So maybe you'll be able to take that one. Uh, Put it in my back pocket. Yeah. Except wait, so, so how many away, how many games I'll ever use it again. Does, how many games does Ohio State have to play to qualify for the the Big Ten? They they have enough. I think it's like you okay. have to play I, I, there's half, at least half of the average. So in the Pac twelve, no, you have to play. It's it's within two of the average, I think. But um, they might not play against Michigan next week. But the Big Twelve will probably Big either. 10. Or Big Ten, sorry. Big Ten will probably either adjust the rules to allow them in the championship game yeah. or they'll give them Seriously, another a, give them another random conference opponent to play. Because, yeah. I mean, the Big Ten needs this. The Ohio State they is the Ohio Big State. Ten. They have every yeah. interest in trying to get them into the playoff and they are not going to sit around and not try to get them in the playoff. Like, they will... They, I would be very surprised if if they didn't no, figure no, no. out every possible give, way give, to get Ohio Indiana, State in there. Give Indiana their spot. Let's go. <laughs> so I mean, is that's the other question? Is say Ohio State does poop the bed against Michigan next week, and they're five and one, or yeah, five and one. Indiana would have one more win than them and the same amount of losses. I think that means Indiana's. Ooh. In the title game, right? Yeah, and, and they should be at that. <laughs> I that... don't think there's I don't think there's any issue with that though. Like no, if Ohio State loses, <laughs> they don't no one should feel bad about keeping them out. Yeah. Yeah. I mean yeah. I sure. I it seems I think it'll be close. I think the line's gonna be twenty, twenty one and a half points against Michigan Ohio State. Yeah? No, bro. Uh, that that line should be like five scores. <laughs> Like, no, I, I don't know. Uh, but I think Michigan might actually keep it, it closer than, than my 21 even. Uh, I don't know about that one. It's, it's one of those games. It's one. Of, I know Michigan – like, I just feel like Michigan, this is going to be the best game of their season. I don't think that means that they'll win. They, looked, they look bad every week. But I think that this is one of those games that – this is one of those games, you know. Yeah. Did anyone the, get – uh, did anyone get eyes on A and M Auburn? I did in yeah. the morning. Yeah, yeah. A and M looked good. Um, like they Auburn look looked like good. Auburn looked like they were hanging around and and they might you know pull something off until about it was very gus. halfway through the third quarter. Very gus smells on like yeah. Mm-hmm. Do y'all do y'all think A and M should get in the playoff? I think they're good enough. Like I mean, I Where? think they're pretty much on par with like a. A fourth seed playoff team, yeah. Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't be mad if they were a third, well, like I mean, the last team in the playoff. I guess from what I've seen so far, they look good. Like I don't think they're beating Bama. I mean, they already got swashed or 
Yeah, they right. Like, I don't, I don't really play. see a spot for them in the playoff. I, I, I see Clemson, Notre Dame probably, um, Ohio Clemson, State. And... If Clemson loses, A&M's in. Clemson loses, Bama mm. wins, A&M's in. Yeah. Yeah. They probably have yeah. to be. Yeah. I mean, That's yeah, not look, the craziest they, thing. They look good. But... Yeah. But if, if Clemson know, crushes Notre Dame anymore. Clemson crush Notre Dame's probably still in. It would take a lot for Notre Dame to be pushed out, I think. Yeah. Because they've looked good too. Um, yeah. they got a big win today too over Syracuse. So Yeah, they would I, w- I I will say just to one result that kind of like um people will probably like skim over, but like Miami winning forty eight nothing. It's, uh, I mean, it does make me just take a step back and say, could this Oregon team win a game forty eight nothing? Like, Damn. no, I don't think so. Like I mean, even against, if we played the worst team in the Pac twelve. Which, granted, I think both Cal and Arizona look better than Duke, but like. 48 nothing. I mean, we just yeah. lost to Cal. <laughs> but that's, yeah. But it's, I don't know. But also, I mean, watching the Miami-Clemson uh, game a few weeks back, Miami looked totally pathetic. So, yeah. who knows what it's all worth. I mean, but, hey, um, just to remind people, I mean, Miami's a top 10 team and they're 8-1. So, like, yeah. can we put them in the playoff? No, but you don't want to face them in a New Year's Six Bowl, I don't think. No, yeah. definitely not. So, have y'all been keeping up with the Texas buzz at all? I saw that they got a huge win today. They laid sixty nine on uh, who was it? Kansas State. Oh, they did. I didn't. I didn't. Are we, are we uh, talking about Urban Meyer? Oh, but with Tom. Yeah, Herman. I was talking yeah, about Urban, Urban Meyer. Meyer. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I, I've heard that he, people on like Reddit and such, are trying to s- compare his hotel room that he didn't <laughs> uh, fox spot with to. One in Austin. Yeah. Uh, I I mean, it seems like a fit there. He can recruit. I don't, I don't know. No, I'm no, not laughing at your worse. prediction. He can't be worse than Tom Herman. Oh, yeah. No, he, I think he would be good at Texas. Um, if he wants to coach, that would be interesting. I mean, that would be – that's pretty baller if he's like ha- wins a national title or has success at Ohio State, Florida, and Texas. Right. Like, yeah. those are three like, huge-name programs. I mean, even so, even with the resources of Texas, how long would it take Meyer to, a, a, you know, program manager like Urban Meyer to build up Four enough years. steam to beat Bama? Or even win the Big 12, for that matter. Three years? Oh, he, he will win the Big 12. If he is hired, he will win the Big 12 in the next three years. Guaranteed. Yeah. Guarantee. Two years. Two years. Guarantee. They're, dude, they're so talented. Um, Well, yeah. They don't really, like, like you don't even need to rebuild the roster that much. You just need to do the culture. Like, give, dude, give Urban one year to, like, put the fear of God in people and then, like, and oh, they like got that, it already. No, and then that, than Urban. then that second <laughs> year, second second year, they have a great shot, like at winning the Big Twelve. Speaking yeah, of uh, the coaching carousel, um, did y'all see what 
South Carolina did today? Uh, no. They, they lost to Kentucky. I want you to guess how many points they lost by. 31. No, it's 21. But like oh. 41 oh, to 18 looks a lot worse than it actually is, I guess. But still, they lost 41 to 18 to Kentucky, who is yeah. bad. That's probably bad. Let me see. <clears throat> you hate to see yeah. that. That's the only time Kentucky's put up 41 this Rest year. Rest in peace to the Musbugs. <laughs> Except overtime. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, so there yeah, you have it. Who's next at USC? Uh, it was going to be which Billy. Which USC? Mid- <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, serious uh, question. Like, which USC? No, no, South Carolina. Oh. It, it was going to be Billy Napier from um, Louisiana. Louisiana, but I think they just put out that he's staying. Probably it's got to be Hugh Freeze. What's, what's, no, I don't think it, <laughs> it's no, it's, it's, it's not. It's like, um, uh, oh, what was his, what's his name? He's no, the tight end yeah. coach at like Oklahoma or something. Let me pull this up real quick. Is it Beamer? Yeah. Shane Beamer? Yeah, isn't that Frank Beamer's kid? Uh, yeah, I think so. That'd be cool to get. Nah, bro, they gotta get Hugh Freeze. Come on, man. They're, they're Freeze Oh, seven minutes. Seven. Breaking news, breaking news. Oh? Uh, two four seven sports. Shane Beamer expected to be named next South Carolina Gamecocks wow. head football coach. Wow! Go Cox! Go Cox! We're pivoting. <laughs> Getting a live read. Here we go. Cox out. There we go. Producer Paul's in my ear. Settle says. down. Settle down. Okay. Welcome to Cox out. <laughs> Let us be clear. Paul and Reed are not in the same room right now. <laughs> and uh i think i think now would be a good time to end if you guys are ready yeah i think that's uh that's a wrap know. really like it's we hate said. week baby it's yeah. hate week welcome to hate, week. Start hate week this is all that all that matters beat you Dubs down kick your dogs this week it's kick your dog week it's not <laughs> dog. don't do that don't do that kick your dog friend all right three yeah, and two yeah. if such Eli, i'm gonna exists. kick you Go Ducks. Um, Go Ducks. Go Ducks.